Welcome, everyone. I'm going to um, put my slides on um, and we will get started. So this is a generative workshop. Um, so we'll be writing. My goal is to get you to write something today, a paragraph, a poem, um, a little bit of an essay, and just to get you started. But my larger goal is that you finish this thing um, and submit 200 words of it to the Boston Book Festival by Sunday. They're taking submissions. I'll go through what that is later, but um, they came up with a writing prompt to go with my story. So whether you read the story or not, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna lead you through this exercise and hopefully you'll come out with something that, that has the seed of, of some life to it that you might wanna work on more. And some of you might wanna um, submit it to the Boston Book Festival on Sunday. Um, and we can talk more about that later. But the, um, the schedule for today is, I'm gonna do a very brief reading from the story. I'm gonna introduce you to the prompt. We're gonna go through the writing exercise. I'll see how we're doing on time and we'll share. We might have some time to either share in small groups or share just a couple of folks, the thing that you wrote, we'll see. I'll talk about the contest and um, talk about any questions. It's a lot to do in an hour. You, I mean, like I know an hour can just go by like that and sometimes an hour can go by and we don't do very much, but I'm hoping that this feels like a productive, meaningful way to spend an hour together. And maybe you'll even be kind of tired afterwards because it does require some concentration and effort, even though it looks like you're not doing very much, you're just sitting here. But I, I, from doing this sort of work, I know that it's a lot. Um, so welcome. I'm so happy that you're here with me today and that you want to, you know, dig in and do some writing. So I'm going to read a little bit from this One City, One Story, um, which is this story I wrote called The Book of Life and Death. So the character is a Filipina domestic worker living in Boston. And um, there's a whole long story, but I'm just going to read a tiny bit of it the bit that is relevant to doing the exercise. So this is from Mary Bell, who's the domestic worker. It's from her perspective. The agency sent me first to the Middle East and then Hong Kong. I sent most of my money home, minus the fees from all the hands catching the crumbs from my pay. I loved Hong Kong. So once my first contract ended, I was desperate to find another job. I wasn't ready to return to Manila. As difficult and lonely as the work was, living in Hong Kong was like living in the future with its fast subway, high rises, and the most current tech. On Sundays, I met my friends in Central. The other maids passed around horror stories about sleeping on the floor between the children's beds or in the bathtub in every category of abuse but what can you do? Bahalana. It's reported that almost 200,000 Filipinos work in Hong Kong, mostly as domestics. And when I would look out at the sea of us on flattened cardboard boxes on the sidewalks and in every open space in the financial center on our day off, sharing chismes, gossip, eating food from home and giving each other manicures and massages, I felt a kind of pride. I could bear another week. We were the invisible for a moment made visible. So what I'm referring to in the fictional story 
is this um, practice that the domestic workers, as I said in the story, there's 200,000 of them, um, they don't have anywhere to go to hang out. They have to take their day off on Sundays. They're kind of like kicked out in a way. So they're, they can't, you know, entertain and hang out and relax at their apartment where they work. So what they do is they go to this place called Central, um, which is a public area, and they just take over and they hang out outside. Um, so that's what that is. And when I, visit, when I visited Hong Kong and saw all these domestic workers, that's what I saw is invisible people becoming for a moment visible. And so the exercise that the Boston Book Festival wrote um, comes from this line. We were the invisible for a moment made visible. So I'm going to take you through a step-by-step -step, step exercise. You can use notebook paper, write in a computer, write on your phone. It doesn't matter. I'm going to take you through this exercise. Um, just bear with me. It's probably um, a new exercise for you, but just know that every step is preparation to get you to the timed writing portion. We get to a part of the exercise where I say, um, okay, you're going to write for six minutes. And all the steps that we do before help fill the well so that you have things to write once we get to that moment. That's the point of all that. So you might get to that point of timed writing and you use exactly everything that you took notes on or you write about something else. It doesn't matter. It's all a way of warming up. You don't have to stick to your outline. You don't have to stick to your notes. I just want you to write something that is alive. Okay, so, but I am going to lead you through this warm up in this way of trying to fill the well, come up with things to write about. So the prompt is, in response to the book of life and death, we invite you to write a poem, story, or essay that sheds light on the life of a person or group who we don't often see represented in stories. Now we can interpret this in many, many different ways. There's a part of all of our lives, whether we feel represented in stories or not, that is unseen, right? I mean, we are the heroes of our own lives, I think. Um, and there's a lot of our life that nobody ever sees. It's just us that, that um, experiences it, sees it. We don't have anyone to tell or narrate it to. So you could use your own life and the material of your life as the person um, to write about with this prompt. Or you can imagine the life or of somebody else. You can do this fictionally and think about maybe a relative or a friend or somebody that you work with or encounter who your mind wonders about, like, what is their life like? What is it like to have been my grandparents when they came over to this country, you know, at the, or my great grandparents at the turn of the century or whatever it is, you can think about these private, quiet moments of other people's lives or your own. Okay, so this is, these are the steps of the um, exercise and we're gonna go through them step by step. The first step is we make a list. Another way to think about this is brainstorming. So right now we're gonna make a list of or brainstorm things that we might write about. So I'm gonna go lead you through a few questions about what you might make a list about. Um, I'm gonna, you're gonna see me looking at my timer because I use my timer a lot because I think it's, um, timers are really great containers to help us write. Okay, so for one minute, I'd like you to make a list and make a list answering these questions. What is invisible about you? 
What aspects of your life are unknown to others? What is something about you that you wish you could express, but you don't know how? You don't have to share this list to anybody. So this is just to yourself, a private list for the next minute. As many things as you can think to answer these questions and you can start now. few more seconds for your list. Okay, we're going to make a couple other lists so that we have something to write about. So we made a list thinking about ourselves and our own lives. Now I'd like you to think about other people's lives. Maybe they're fictional characters, maybe they're real people that you've known and loved in your life. So we're going to do the same thing. We're going to make a list for a minute. I'm going to, I'll read this out loud before I start the timer. Make a list of people in your life or even aspects about your own life that you wonder about, that you wish were more visible, that you were curious about. Who are these other people that you're curious about and what are you curious about with them? So for example, I might think about my grandparents who were farmers. I was never a farmer, but what was it like for my grandparents to have to grow the food that they ate and they had to sell that food too. Okay, so make another list for one minute and you can start now. Just a few more seconds. Okay, and then the last list. When this is taking the prompt and turning it over um, and doing the opposite of what it's asking. When have you ever felt seen, visible in a way that felt satisfying, triumphant, honest, even celebratory? What was that moment? What happened? So in my story, I write about when these um, domestic workers are taking their day off and they feel seen to each other on that day. 
think about you or your characters or the fictional people or the real people that you want to write about, when have they or you felt seen? And make another list of this again for one minute and you can start now. Few more seconds left. Okay, so now you have all these lists of possible people and moments to write about. You can keep returning to this list that you made in the coming days. But at least for tonight, I want to teach you how to do this exercise. So I'd like you to just pick one of those items or people or moments from the three lists that you've made and to write that down. So we're just focusing on one of those moments or people. And for about 30 seconds, I'd like you to think about that person or that moment and try to see them in a scene, um, whether it's fictional or a memory or real life, try to picture them somewhere because I'm gonna ask you some questions about that character or person. So I'll just take 30 seconds just to be quiet and try to get that person in your mind. Okay, so the next step is we're going to take some notes. So you've thought about this person or this scene or this moment, and I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions about that moment or that scene um, and just, just jot them down. They're not going to be in full sentences. They're going to be in note form. Um, and these become the material that we use later for timed writing. So when we do the timed writing, I have you work for about six minutes. I give you the first line, which is I am, and I give you the last line, which is looking back. This means that I've made a lot of choices. I've made a lot of decisions for you. It doesn't mean that when you publish or rewrite this piece that you have to write it in this format. What we're doing right now is just trying to put something alive on the page. And then you go later on in a revision process and make other decisions and work with it. Okay, but right now we're trying to see what's alive, like what is what you know is inside of you that you might want to write about. So you have this moment or this character, you picture them in your mind. I'm going to ask you a whole bunch of questions, and you're going to take down some notes as fast as you can, and then we're going to use those notes in, in a few minutes. 
my first question is, who is this character? Is it you? Who are they? What's their name? What do they look like? Who is the character? Where is the character? And try to be as specific and detailed as possible. Like, are they inside a place or outside of a place? What, are they in a town or city? What kind of land are they in? Where is this character when you're meeting them or, or seeing them? What season of the year does it seem to be? What time of day or night does it seem to be? When the character looks around themselves, what are the visual details that they see? So have the character look straight ahead. What do they see there? What is in the landscape or the room or who's in front of them? What does the character see? Have the character turn all the way around and write down some details of what the character sees to the right, behind them, to the left, under their feet, above their head. Have the character look all around that scene and that setting and write down what they see. So we just did one of the five senses. I'm gonna go through the other four. We just did details that have to do with sight. I'm gonna go through and we're gonna do sound next. What are the sounds that surround the character? It could be people talking, it could be you know, environmental sounds, animals, engines, planes. What are all the different kinds of sounds the narrator that surround the narrator or the character. What are some odors that the character smells? 
could be the smell of leaves burning in the air or exhaust or maybe someone's cooking. What are the odors the character smells? What are some details of taste? This might be the taste of the character's toothpaste from you know, earlier that day or food or the taste of the air. What does the character taste? And last of the five senses is physical sensation. What are, what does the character feel physically? Do their shoes hurt? Do their legs ache from climbing stairs? Is their nose running? Any kinds of physical details that the character is experiencing. Imagine what is happening in the scene and write down the action verbs that would go with that scene. So for example, what I showed you from my story, people were eating, they were massaging, they were sitting. Think about the action verbs of the scene and write those down. Who else is in the scene with the character? So are there other people around? And who are they? Who are they to the character? Maybe they're strangers, but, or maybe they're very close. But who else is in this scene? And what are they to the character? What is the trouble in this scene? So stories, essays, there's usually a conflict or on, on a spectrum of conflicts. It could be that someone is, has a life or death situation or there could be a very small kind of question that has very low stakes in the character's life. But usually a character wants something or um, has some trouble appear at their door um, there's some kind of uh, trouble or conflict or problem um, that presents itself. Some people have used the example of um, a character wanting a glass of water, and that would be enough for us to follow a character around and see if they get that glass of water, even though that's very mundane. So think about this character and think about what they want. Um, what does this character want? What is the problem, conflict, trouble in their life?
in 30 more seconds for any other notes or things that you want to jot down before we begin the timed writing exercise. Okay, so that was 30 seconds. So we'll just take a minute just to relax for a second. And you've done all this concentration of bringing the scene and this character to your mind and then transferring that imaginary work through your hands um, and onto either a file or, or a piece of paper. So it's a lot of hard work. Um, the next part of it is we're going to do the timed writing. And so this happens, I'm going to set my timer for seven minutes. And what I'd like you to do is write straight through. So you have a given first line, I am. And then when you have about 30 seconds or so left, I'm going to tell you to start the line looking back. And I'd like you to write looking back and see what appears. You don't have to try very hard. You can just write whatever comes after those words looking back. I'll keep track of time for you. I'll tell you when we're halfway through and when we have a minute left. So don't worry about time. I just want you to stay connected to the image or the scene in your head as much as possible. Don't worry about how it sounds. Don't worry about whether you make sense or if trying to find the right word or any of that. What we're trying to do is have you write forward. So if you um, have a run-on sentence or you don't complete a line, it's a fragment, it's all fine. Just keep moving forward through the story and tell us about this character, tell us about this moment. I see that we have um, a question. So why don't we um, go um, to that before I have you write. Um, Roseanne, you can unmute yourself and, and why don't you ask your question? Thank you. Um, yeah. my my question is if if the character we chose is not me do we is the first line she is instead of i am um you can yes it's a re really good question i'm glad you asked it because i did say you can use fic fictional characters um i was using the i am just as a way to make a decision for you because you could have your fictional character be in first person um but it's really up to you like whatever feels the most fruitful and alive right now. Use that. Like if she or he or they works for you, do that. If you works, you can do that. Like you are, you know, someplace, right? Use any of it. My, um, you know, thing in here is that I just want you to have it feel alive. Um, but to make things simple, if you don't want to make a choice, just use I am and imagine that you're that persona or that character or that narrator. Great. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to get started and, um, you know, keep moving forward and see what happens. If you have, get, if you get stuck, um, you can write the alphabet, you can draw a spiral with lines that get really close together but don't quite touch, just to keep yourself moving. The analogy that I like to use, it's like dancing. Sometimes your favorite song is on and you're at a party or you're somewhere and you really feel it, like you feel like you're in the moment with that song, and then the song changes, and you're not so into it, but you still are moving your body to dance, right? 
um, I think you can do the same thing as writers and keep on moving. And then that scene or that feeling or the thing that you want to write about will come back to you, but you got to be there to catch it, to be, you know, re ready to receive it. So it's only seven minutes. It might seem like a long time, but it's only seven minutes we're going to work. So starting with the words I am, write about this scene character moment. And you can start now. Halfway through. 
about a minute left. Start the line looking back if you haven't started it already. Start looking back and see what you discover. And finish up the line that you're working on. Okay, so we can have a little bit of a discussion um, and uh, then I'll go back and show you the information in the slides about like where to submit your writing and, and things like that. But um, what did you notice about your process of writing just now? What was the same? What was different? What did you notice about your process? And you can raise your hand physically and I'll call on you. Okay, Beth, um, unmute your um, mic, please. Beth, you have to unmute your mic, yeah. yeah. We can't hear you. Okay, there you go. There you go, Beth. Okay. Yes, when I started writing, I realized that the subject I was writing on wouldn't show what the, I was thinking about truly. Okay, I found out being an elderly and disabled person in this town. I have never seen justice because I'm elderly and disabled. And I realized it, it started years and years ago when I lived in the trailer park on Turnpike Street, which most people know about the sewage. I had it under my trailer for seven years and nobody would believe me. The Board of Health would just call the park manager 
and tell him I was crazy and no liar. Yeah, that sounds really um, And what I saw that, what I wrote there, what right now are two different things. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm glad that you showed up tonight. And I think that, you know, using the power of writing sometimes can be a way to get people's attention and to, I mean, there's that cliche about the power of the pen, right? So I'm hoping that maybe, you know, doing some of these exercises, you got something so that you could write down some of this story um, and there could be power in that writing. So thank you for showing up and thank you for sharing, Beth. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, thank you. Would anyone else like to share what they noticed about their process with writing? Was it harder, easier? Um, what did you notice? And then again, you can raise your hand. Um, Opal, please. And you have to unmute. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think for me it was interesting just writing and kind of not knowing where it's going in a way. And I think for me with the the time constraint, I was, (laughs) you know, there's a sense of urgency, but I thought because I knew I only had seven minutes, I was quick about just deciding on a word because I did I tend to fixate on words and details and because I knew time was running out I was just kind of grabbing words and just whatever like I guess I could always go back and fix you know what needs to be fixed but I thought economy of time made you just have that sense of urgency where you just grabbed whatever words came to you put it down just to keep the story moving along yes And that is by design, totally (laughs) by design. It's because sometimes we have too much time um, to write and we actually don't get stuff written because there's all these things that get in our way. And so the constraints are there, the deadline is there um, to get you to put stuff down quickly. And then we don't mean for you to publish like this thing that you wrote so fast. Now you have something, now you have a draft that you can work on and you can go back and add more to it or do something else with it. Um, but you know, first is like getting something down. So thank you for sharing, Opal. Um, would anyone else like to share? You don't have to, I mean, it, it could have gone well, it could have gone terribly. It doesn't, you know, anything is, it's all totally fine to share any, anything like that. Anybody else wanna share what it was like? Okay, that's fine. So I'm gonna go back to my slides. We are, um, I knew this would happen, that we were not gonna have as, as much time as I'd like, but um, so this is the prompt. We're gonna give you the slides. I'm gonna put the link to the slides in the chat box. So you can take them and look at them later. There also will be the recording of tonight. Um, I got all of this from um, a writer named Linda Berry, um, who I totally encourage you to look her up. I'll, I'll write her name down too. She has a bunch of videos on YouTube um, where she does a very similar thing. And she won the MacArthur about a year ago. Uh, She's a um, Filipina-American writer, comic book artist. She's incredible. She's a teacher. And I took a workshop with her, and it really transformed my writing. And so this is a process I learned from her. So in terms of next steps, um, you can read this. um, I'll give you the slides so you can read this on your own. But what I recommend you do is to take the thing that you wrote. If you think you need to add more to it, take some time and add more. 
but read it out loud to yourself or others. And as you read it, I want you to note where you think your writing comes alive, where it has heat or energy, and to mark those lines. Maybe it's just one word or three words or an image or a whole paragraph, but where is the part of your writing that feels alive? Take the strongest part, the parts you've underlined and marked, and you know, use that to start writing a new draft. Maybe you don't do that till tomorrow or after the weekend or during the weekend, you take a rest, but you use the strongest part of your writing to write another draft. Um, we're not gonna do this because we don't have time, but um, if, you, if you are working with a group, you'd want your listeners to tell you pretty much the same thing I'm telling you, which is like, where is the heat in your piece? Where are the images that stay with you? Where are the parts of, in your writing that makes you feel something or makes you feel moved? It's the, you know, other people or you yourself can read your own writing and identify the parts that are the strongest and most alive. So this is also, um, I really encourage you to just send something in. Um, to the Boston Book Festival um, by some anytime on October 11th, which is Sunday. And they're asking folks to submit their response to the prompt, 200 words or fewer. That's a very short, that's about, it's less than a page double spaced in Microsoft Word of uh, 12 point Times New Roman, for example. So double spaced, so that's not, not very much at all. It's about a paragraph or so. Um, and they're asking you to submit it uh, by October 11th. And they're gonna accept these submissions of micro fiction, micro essay and poetry. And um, you can click on this link to find where you can submit that. And they're gonna have a couple of people read with me um, during the official Boston Book Festival's um, event, which is Friday, October 16th at 6 p.m. And they're also gonna be publishing them on the Boston Book Fest platforms this week too. So I encourage you to do that. It's fun to see your work out there in the world. The people who are following the Boston Book Fest are all people who are interested in reading and books and involved in that way. Um, so, um, so anyway, so that's, that's uh, what's, what's going on there. Okay, so let me just move this. Um, yes, yeah, so this is a reiterative of that. And this is the, I, I gave you the um, link to where you can find um, the submission page. Okay, and so the other announcement before I go back uh, to like looking at all of you um, is that you can join my event on um, the link here. It's Crowdcast, so it's like webinar style and you can submit questions and other things there um, and we'll have a 45 minute um, conversation about uh, you know, the story we're taking questions from people and we're hoping that it's a conversation as much as possible. They've had to pivot everything online, which is not ideal, but it, it's better than, than nothing. Um, so that's Friday, October 16th at 6 p.m. Eastern time. I hope to see folks who can attend. The other thing is um, my book, this, you can see my book here, The Body Papers. I always encourage people to try to either borrow the book at their local library or to purchase, when they decide to purchase books, to do it at their local indie bookstore. The bookstore that I grew up in my town is called Paperback Junction. 
Um, but of course, you know, there, you have indie bookstores wherever you are, or you can buy the book direct from my publisher, or you can borrow it from your library, including the Ames Free Library. All of that is significant. It's not, you know, it doesn't, buying it versus borrowing it to me, um, it all counts and is significant. So I'm going to stop the share and I'm going to put the, um, the link to the, um, the slides in the chat box for you so that you can have it later. Um, and, you know, I'd be happy to answer any questions. Um, I'm going to stay around. I can hang, like the program officially ends at eight. And so I know, you know, you've planned your time and everything. People who need to leave at eight, you know, totally leave at eight. It's totally fine. I know that that's when the program ends. Um, and I'm going to hang out. I have time to hang out till 8.15 tonight. So I can stay till 8.15. And if there are lingering questions, people want to talk more, I will stay here um, and do that with, with folks. Um, but for now, let's, um, for the next eight minutes or so where most people can stay, I'd love to answer any questions or talk about things that you want to talk about, especially people who haven't had a chance to share yet. I'd love to hear whatever you want to share or, or say. You can raise your hand. Um, Arlene. Okay. So if you submit um, something, I'm wondering who reads it, who reviews it, and then what is done with it afterwards? Where does it stay or is it sent back to you? Or? Good question. I actually don't know because I didn't make okay. a prompt or anything, but um, I'm assuming um, the team at Boston Book Fest reads it, which is um, Ellie and Nora. There's real people there. I've met them on Zoom, um, but there are real people on the other end. And what they, I don't know if they tell you or not, um, because um, when you submit your work, it, it asks you if you're okay with um, with it being shared on Instagram and these other places if they, if they choose to share it. And they also ask if you'd be willing to read your work with me on Friday, if you're free, if they choose it. So I think these are the options of what would happen. It would get shared on social media and or um, you'd be, two people would be asked to read, read with me on Friday night is, um, is what happens to it. Um, I think when you submit it, you can also, submit an image because they are and that might give you a better chance frankly if you sub, if, if they give you an opportunity to submit an image um, i would say do it um, because it might make it easier for them to push it out on instagram and other places but it's not me for sure i'm not the one reading them um, but thanks for asking arlene it is a good question um, other folks um, dylan francisco you've had your hand raised Hi, sorry, I just turned on my camera. Um, it was a long day. Um, anyways, thank you for today. But uh, my question was, um, do you have to be from the Boston area to submit anything? I'm actually from California, so. You do not have to be from Boston. You can be from anywhere. There, I mean, the thing that we've done with the Book Fest this year is, you know, we're just trying to go with it. And it's like, so if this, if using Zoom means that we can, um, interact with people all over the world and the country, then, then great. So I didn't see anything about being from Boston. 
Um, which and the reason why they had that limitation before is because they want you to be here to um, to like read your piece and stuff. But the fact that it's on Zoom, you can be any from anywhere. And I encourage people from from wherever you are to um, throw your hat in the ring and and submit your work. So, thank you, Dylan. Thank you. And the exercise was very helpful. So. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, thank you. Um, who else has a question or comment? Um, Mr. Como, and it's nice to see you, Mr. Como. I haven't seen you in a long time. You can call me George by now, Grace. That's a long <laughs> time ago. I know, I know. Um, first comment is, I hate writing to prompts. Uh, but I always wind up with something I wouldn't have had otherwise. So I got like party attributes to throw into a story and visiting someplace I never would have been. Um, but is the objective a complete 200-word micro um, um, micro novel? I mean, beginning and end and looking back is is the end of the story, as opposed to I'm just ram. You know, my first five minutes are just totally rambling. There's no beginning, middle, and end. Is it supposed to be microfiction, beginning, middle, and end? Sure. So um, the exercise is just to get you started. And so my hope is that in that exercise that you wrote, you found something there or thought of something else that might get you to do the 200 words for the prompt. So you don't have to, like, I mean, sorry, not the, yeah, for the prompt, not the exercise that I gave you with I am. Like you don't have, like the prompt is not asking you to start with the words I am and end with looking back, right? Um, the prompt is asking for something much looser, but um, I had you use the prompt just to give you a container, at least for, for your first draft. But my hope is that you'll revise or write something new um, and submit it. And I know you're a poet um, too. I mean, you do children's books and all kinds of writing. And so maybe either a poem or whatever you have that, that you know, responds to this notion of making the invisible visible could be something that really works for that 200 word um, contest for the you know, book well, Whether I do that or not, it, it, it didn't make some, <laughs> some invisibles visible. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. But thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thank uh, yeah, you the, for, the for process the process was pretty exhaustive. Please. Yeah, it it gets um I noticed uh someone once told me a hypnotherapist actually who showed up to one of my classes told me that um that it was like hip like hypnotherapy not hypnotherapy but the the process is a kind of hypnosis. I don't mean to hypnotize people. But there's something hypnotic about the questions and answers um, that might get people into a kind of state in which to work. And I feel that when I'm writing and working, as I, I like when I'm when I'm writing at my optimal uh, phase, I do I am in like a different mindset um, than I am in regular life or in teaching life or something. So, you know, hopefully these get you into that into that um, mindset so that you can work and come out with something alive. Um, someone in the chat had a question about Linda Berry, and thank you, um, Al Algular, for answering. It is L-Y, L-Y-N-D-A, Berry, um, who I'm referencing. Um, and she's, you know, has a, several books. Some, half of them are on the craft of writing, um, and half of them are her comics and novels and, and things like that, that model what she's doing. A um, Hundred Demons um, is um, what Al Algular mentions. And uh, 
she wrote 100 Demons for um, Salon.com. And this process, she took every week, she was supposed to come up with a new story, a new comic strip. And what she did is take, she put a bunch of nouns in a hat and would pick out one noun every week. And the noun was like, for example, lice or kuto in Tagalog, right? So she did that, took out the word lice. And then she did the exercise that I did with you, like, like a bunch of images to do with lice. Where are you? Who's there? On and on and on. And then she came up with um, a new comic strip every week based on the noun. And that particular one that I'm referencing, um, 100 um, demons um, with lice um, or kuto, um, is really fascinating because she because it it turns out that she ended up writing about her. It's a it's a piece called Bad Boyfriend, and I don't know if you listen to um, This American Life, but the Bad Boyfriend um, is actually um, oh my gosh, what is his name? What is the host of This American Life? Now I just blanking. I'm just blanking on his name. Um, Marion, what is it? Yeah, anyways, I can't, you're muted, and I can't read your lips, but um, I would ask, yes, that is her bad boyfriend, and so it's fascinating to go from writing about lice to writing about her bad boyfriend, Ira Glass, which is also fascinating on this other level. She doesn't mention his name in the piece, but she mentions him by name in interviews later on, and says, like, that's who the bad boyfriend is. Um, so anyways, it's just, I mean, what delights me about her process is that you don't have to think hard or plan what you're going to do in advance. You just kind of see who and what shows up once you get into that kind of state. Um, and you find like, because I, she was teaching us to trust, like you are going to write what you need to write. Like it's there. It's like you're mulling it around in your subconscious or in the part of you that makes art. And you just need to, to give it a doorway to come through. And so she thinks of her exercises as doorways for that thing that you really want to say um, to come through. Um, so, um, okay. So we are at eight, but I'm going to hang out till 8.15 and answer any questions that you'd like. Um, so it's, um, someone has a question about people who are not in Boston, where can they get a copy? Um, since there's only a few people here or not that many people here, if you um, message me, um, Ria, and put your address. Um, I'm going to the post office this weekend, so I'll just put one in the mail for you. Um, so just give me your address. You can like do a private message on, in the chat with me, um, and, and then um, I'll, I'll send you one, because I'm doing a mailing this weekend anyways. Um, and, but you can also, for people who are in Easton or in Boston, you can find them in libraries and bookstores. Um, on the internet, I think you can download the PDF. Um, although you can't print it very well, that's for sure. I tried printing out the Tagalog version. It didn't come out so well. So, um, you know, that's the, the uh, caveat there. Um, okay, so um, Roseanne, and if folks need to leave, it's totally fine. Um, you know, I, I know we're after eight. Um, Roseanne has a question about, besides going through the five senses, do you have any advice for writing with more immediacy and sensory details? Um, I hear this from multiple writers um, in, in terms of advice. Um, you really imagine yourself there um, or your characters in that place and that scene in, a, in an immediate way um, and you write all of it down. It doesn't mean that it ends up in your published draft. We don't need all that information actually. It's too much actually for the, for the published draft. 
but in your earlier drafts, for you just to get the story out, all that stuff is great. Write it down. You don't know which thing is important. You don't need to know which is important yet. One of, I think, you know, writing in steps as opposed to trying to do everything at once is important to me. Like to, to just have a step where you just like put everything on the page and then another step where you edit and another step where you structure. You don't need to do everything at once. Um, you can take things step by step. Um, so that's, that's what I, I think there. Marion, yes. Oh, go ahead and um, unmute first, Marion, please. You mentioned timing being important. Uh, do you recommend this when we're alone at home to use a timer? Thank do you. you. It's helpful. Yeah, if you're if you're having if you're having a hard time and a lot of people probably every single person here tonight has experienced the the desire to write the getting ready to write making the space in your schedule and then sitting down with your notebook or computer and being like, Ugh, it's just not coming and it's kind of painful. So that's a I don't like that experience. So what I've done is use timers, but I also use I have friends who I'll write with. So it's kind of like what we just did tonight. Um, and what I'll do is I'll meet with a friend and we only have an hour together, which means we only really are gonna write for 45 minutes because we spend 15 minutes like saying, hi, how are you? Um, and then we're like, okay, we'll set our timer for 45 minutes. What are you gonna work on? And then she tells me what she's gonna work on. I tell her what I'm gonna work on for 45 minutes. And we promise each other that we're gonna do it. We're not gonna go on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook and we're not gonna answer emails. We're gonna focus on the thing that we said that we're gonna do. And sometimes in that 45 minutes, we get so much done, more than we could get done in days because there's this way of keeping each other accountable, a way of making space together, even if it's on the internet um, of, and like saying, you know, your work is important you know, you should put time and energy towards yourself and your work and go for it and do it. Um, so that's why I think timers are important. Also, I just think four hours, three hours, sometimes it's really hard. So procrastination coaches, I've, you know, worked with people that have said, do something for five minutes. You know, that thing that you don't want to do, the cleaning the bathroom or whatever, put your timer on for five minutes. All you have to do is five minutes. That's it. And often, I mean, they say to try to keep it to the five minutes, but you'll often see that you want, once you get started, you want to do more than five minutes. Yeah. I know, but it's, yeah. Um, so I'm seeing other um, uh, questions here. Um, Susan, you asked about submitting something. They didn't say that you, can, you couldn't submit more than one piece. So go for it. Like they didn't say anything. So I would say, go ahead and submit like as many pieces as you want and they'll go through them and make their decisions. So. Oh, okay, okay, thanks. I, yeah. I also wanted to just ask you, do you ever write poetry? No, I no, don't. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I read it. Um, I read it probably because I grew up Catholic. I um, experience poetry almost like the way I would read a religious text. I read like one poem at a time and I try to sit with it and read it maybe the way I'd read a gospel or a psalm and just really sit with it. So, but I don't actually write it, but I do appreciate poetry very much. Um, yeah, and I also, um, I encourage you to look up poets on YouTube 
Jericho Brown, I'm going to write his name down. He won the Pulitzer last year for, um, I just love his work so much. Um, Ross Gay, um, these are poets, look them up on YouTube, watch them read. I mean, it's uh, just wonderful. Um, I, I can't spell Amy Nazuka Matadal's last name, but uh, you know, Amy Nez would start you there. Um, she's a, also, she's a Filipino American poet, beautiful, beautiful writer. Um, so um, let me go through the other questions. Um, okay, so Susan, I got your question. Um, Thank you. So Victoria, are you still here? Um, you asked about, um, I did update the Book of Life and Death. The reason I did that is because, um, like when I was, when I got the news that I won um, the contest, I asked the Boston Book Fest folks if I could um, revise the story because I thought it would reach more people and connect with readers more if I made the story set to now. So it, it, wouldn't, it didn't change the trajectory of the story. It didn't change what I was trying to say, but it raised the stakes of the story to have it set right now. And to have the, there's a scene in the story where people are at a party. There's a dinner party that the maid, Mary Bell is serving, um, She's the, you know, serving uh, refreshments at this party. And it's the last time people will get together in person, but they don't know it yet. And so there's just like moments like that that I thought would be really interesting to set um, in the now times. And that's my, that's why I, I asked, I asked if they would let me do that. And I, I don't know if they had to ask the judges because they'd already approved my story. I'm not sure, but you know, they generously let me try. And I said, just if you want to keep the story the way it is, it's fine, but I'd like to try making the story happen now um, and seeing if, if that changes anything. But thanks for that, that question. But I, I enjoyed um, sub submitting it um, now, um, you know, making it, making it exist in the now times. Um, yeah. So, and thanks for saying that, that it worked well. I'm gonna find the, um, I'm gonna find the page really quickly for you where to submit um, the, um, the prompt. Um, this is where, I'm gonna put it in the chat box real quick. So this is where the story is available for download. Um, and I'm gonna give you the link where you can submit your 200 words maximum of poem, essay, or micro story. Um, what you can do in the chat box is you see this word called file. And if you click on file, it downloads the chat onto your desktop or your computer. So if that's easier for you, do it that way, or just click on the links and it'll lead you um, to the story um, where you can hear me read it or you can see the story in translation. Um, and it was really exciting for me that the story exists in a Tagalog translation. It's the first time the Bookfest has done that. Um, and we're gonna do, I'm really excited because we're gonna do a um, international um, uh, story um, event on I think um, the end of the month. And my friend um, in the Philippines, Howie Severino is gonna be one of the panelists. And then I have friends like in the West Coast who are also going to talk about the story. I actually don't read or understand Tagalog. So, you know, I'm not gonna be very um, of much use in the event, but at least I'll be there. And I think it'll be really, you know, exciting to have, have a bilingual Tagalog English event okay. for the story. 
we just have a couple minutes left together. Could I, does anybody else have anything they want to share or say or um, in the last few minutes? Arlene, you can um, unmute your mic and then, then George after Arlene. Okay. Um, I volunteer at the library and I do home delivery and most of them I cannot deliver to anymore. Um, because of, you know, they live in communities that aren't allowing people in. But I do have one person who's in her own private home that I still can deliver to. And I don't think she'd mind if I say her name. Anyways, she remembers you from way, way back from teaching you, I think, um, Catholic class. What, do you, um, what's it, what is it called? C CCD. CCD. Oh. Oh. Yes. And um, so... It's Maureen Curtin. I, oh. I, I'm sure she wouldn't you. And I deliver books to her. She is such an avid reader. I can't tell you. I mean, you can't even keep her in books. So I brought her this the other day, and she was just overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. She wanted me to tell you. She oh was so happy goodness. to have it. We, I, of course, I know Mrs. Curtin. She was a part of my childhood, and my parents knew her. My grandmother knew her. I mean, um, please tell her um, hello for me. And, I and she was happy. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. She was very excited for you. <laughs> Thanks. Go ahead, Mr. Como. Um, you can call me George Grace. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, the um, uh, well, I just had to say one of my guilty pleasures with too much TV watching was American Idol. Um, no, America's Got Talent. And this year, the first time ever, they had a poet who made it into the finals and actually won. You know, oh, there was wow. do dozens of singers, but I, I, I can't remember his name from Chicago. But if you, but if you Google America's Got Talent, a winner 2020, you'll find a very impressive uh, you know, he did a very impressive three performances or so. Oh, that's wonderful. I, Thank I, you. I had I everybody crying. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely look that up. Thank you. Thank you again. Yeah. Um, Grace, I wanted to say that today Louise Gluck, Gluck won yes. the Nobel Prize in poetry. Yes, that's right. That's right, yeah. And I just want, we only have a minute left, so if other people have questions, Ask him right now, but I'm going to end this program really soon. Anybody, one last quick thing? No, all right. I just want to um, say one more thing before I say goodbye to um, Grace and thank her. We have next week and the week after at 7 p.m. Uh, Thursday, the 15th and the 22nd, our own Ed Hands is coming to do a master class, and he's going to do something called uh, the history of Easton and 12 objects. And he's gonna use objects from the Easton Historical Society and Museum to talk about the history of Easton. He was gonna start with the Paleolithic, but he decided to skip the stone points that he has. And he's gonna, I think he's gonna start with the Revolutionary War. And in two sessions on two Thursdays, we'll go up to modern times. But as anybody knows, Ed is a wonderful storyteller really worth tuning in. 
um, you know, he can turn any subject into a fascinating social history. That's all I want to say. I want to thank Grace Tallison so very much for coming to us tonight. We're so privileged to have you. And thanks for remembering us and for giving us such a great workshop. I know that I wrote something that's completely surprised me and I didn't think mm -hmm. I could be surprised. So thank you. And thank we'll, you. we'll be back in touch and um, Uma hopes that you get more booklets to the library. Yes, I will. I will, I will uh, contact the BookFest about that. Um, uh, Marion, before you hang up, would you, mean, would you mind um, downloading the chat for me? For some reason, I'm, I'm having trouble downloading it. Yeah, and I want to um, make sure I get everyone's addresses. Yeah. So that, um, does, every, does everybody have their addresses in the chat? Because what I can do is send you the emails of people who signed up, if that's all right. Um, yes. Oh, I think it worked. Okay, good. I just want to make sure because I, I got people's addresses to, so that I can um, send them the book. Okay, and, and half the people, who, we only have a, a portion, but I'll send that list to you. I know how to thank do you. And thank you, everybody. I hope you all submit and I hope you, one of us, one of us lucky people <laughs> win. I would love that. 200 <laughs> word you. story contest. Yeah. So thank um, so keep in touch. I'm very findable on the internet and I'm happy to be in touch with any of you. Just let me know you were at my event and, you know, we can go from there. But thank you so much for being here. This is so such a special event for me to do. It's Ames Free is my home library. I grew up in Easton and it's really wonderful to, to do this event. So thank you. Yeah, thank you too. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Good Come night. back to us. Good night. Good night. Good night.